We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Sorry so much for that little bit of delay. I just told Brian before we started here, I'm having a little bit of technical issues. And of course, my internet went haywire as I hit the live stream. But you are live here with us today on the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. I have an exciting talk, of course, joined by my man, Brian Smith. Brian, we don't you get to do these podcasts together, man. So I'm excited to have you on. Talk some offensive linemen. Again, apologize to the people in the chat. I know there was just like dead air there for about a minute and 30 seconds where you're like, what the heck? You guys are live, but we're here to go. We're good to go. Connection is stable. So we are ready to rock and roll on the 2025 offensive line board for Notre Dame. Folks, we're also going to do a mailbag at the end. So if you just want to throw MBs in the chat, we already have 10, 15 questions before Anything even happen before the show even began here. So keep throwing in those mailbag questions. You got me and Mr. Smith here today. Brian, it's a really exciting class for Notre Dame in 2025. I mean, we've talked a lot about it on the show, but Notre Dame has a lot of traction early on with a lot of big time players in the 2025 class. This is kind of more full scope. You know, we've talked about the traction they've had with some really good defensive linemen are already. I know a couple right in your backyard, including Davion Dixon, who's already committed to the class, yeah. having their tight end in the class and in, in Nate Roberts and having a lot of wide receivers that are very seemingly interested in Notre Dame. Deuce Knight having Notre Dame as one of his top two schools along with the University of Tennessee. Like Notre Dame is in a good spot, but I would argue as of today, Notre Dame might be in the best spot positionally on the offensive line, even though they don't have a commit in this class. And nationally, Really talented group. I know that we were texting about this a little bit yesterday, but there's a lot of talented offensive linemen in the 2025 class, man. I know there's one in Michigan that really has you excited, but just overall, Brian, I think I'm really excited because this 2025 class offensive line wise has a lot of talent that I'm ready to dive into, man. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A lot of it is from very pro. So I'm good with that. Um, New York, Connecticut, Michigan, those kind of states obviously benefit Notre Dame, Wisconsin. So it's you're not fighting the weather. You're not fighting the SEC as much. Makes it a lot better. Big thumbs up for me on that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I know that we are going to work in. So, folks, how we're going to kind of phrase this into three different segments. Again, hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already. Five-star reviews are very much appreciated as we get us kicked off here. We're going to talk about the Notre Dame 2025 board. And we're going to kind of group this thing based upon what the early traction is for Notre Dame. So there's some players that I would say right now today, Notre Dame is in excellent spots with. If they if the recruitment ended today, I would say that the pick would most likely be Notre Dame. And there's some other kids where I'd say Notre Dame's in the top group. Like they are right there in the conversation. And there's another couple that I would call there's work to be done. And there's, I think there's, there's actions that need to be seen, right? Like there's, there's one elite player on the board specifically for Notre Dame where I say, I need to see him get on campus before I even start thinking that that is a vague possibility, to be honest with y'all. So we're going to break down this board. Also going to watch some film in the middle section. So you guys are going to get our kind of our instant reaction and just what we've seen on film of these 2025 players um, early on in this process, because we are just in July and we're talking about kids that are just about to be juniors in high school. So there's a lot of room that needs to be done and a lot of, a lot of, calls that need to be had and visits that need to be taken. And there's only two, two commits in the class for Notre Dame in 2025. So a lot of, a lot of time left for this class and offensive line recruiting is going to be very important. And I really want to start us off, Brian, because this is my opinion. I would love to hear your, your opinion on this one. So Notre Dame has arguably one of the best offensive line coaches in all of college football in Harry, he stands. I mean, I don't even think it's that arguable. I mean, the, you look at the guy's resume, all the players yeah. he's put in the NFL, the Zach Martins, the Ronnie Stanley's, the Quentin Nelson's, the Mike McGlinchey's a lot of first round picks in on his pedigree. You lose Harry, he stands to retirement this off season. And of course, Joe Rudolph comes in who has a good reputation as an O-line developer, as a recruiter, And to be very honest, if we're talking about the 2024 class, it's not over, by the way. We'll talk about one big domino that still needs to fall in the 2024 class a little bit here. But we see, Brian, instantly a couple of valuations that I frankly don't agree with, with Coach Rudolph early on. He really pushes for Anthony Knapp out of Roswell, Georgia. We'll see, obviously, if if he was 100% correct on that one. But he still gets 
Styles Press into into the class. He's he's trending well with Gerby Lambert in the 2024 class. So things were still looking like it's going to end up like a good off a really good offensive line group in 2024. But I would argue, I would love to hear if you agree or, or kind of see it a little bit differently. 2025 is actually going to be our first true indicator of how good of a recruiter Joe Rudolph can be in, in at Notre Dame because we're only going to see a little bit in 2024. And there was already a commitment in the class, and the board had already been pretty much set by this staff. So I think 2025 is going to be a year for Joe Rudolph. We're really going to figure out how dynamic of a recruiter he can be at the University of Notre Dame. Yeah, because it's start to finish. You've got to identify talent. You've got to get in with it. You've got to go travel to see it, make connections at the high school. That, that process is not fun. It's a long process. Like you, you mentioned that Notre Dame recruits Atlanta a little bit, but that's never a given. So you give him credit. It was a kid he had a relationship with before he came to Notre Dame. That's fine. But now you've got to do that across the board and you're, you're selling Notre Dame instead of, you know, Virginia Tech, Wisconsin, whatever. How well does he adapt to that long-term big picture? You never know until you do it because Notre Dame is a very unique brand. Uh, some of my friends who hate Notre Dame, white Notre Dame, anywhere in between, they always say, well, what's the campus like if they haven't been? And I always say, it doesn't matter if you like them or not. I say, you got to go. And I'm sure it's somewhere in that fashion in terms of working for Notre Dame because while every job's a college football job, eh, there's only one Notre Dame and the pressure is and all that. So seeing how he adapts to it and how he fits in with the rest of the staff and how they come together on who they offer and who they really prioritize, that's a big deal because you'll kind of get an idea of what he wants his offensive line to look like long-term. So I'm pretty interested yes. to see that as well. I mean, it's very true. And I would say that if Coach Rudolph is able to land Kirby Lambert, which we feel really good about today, we feel like that Notre Dame is in a great spot to learn land, obviously the great offensive lineman out of Catholic Memorial up in Rock, West Roxbury, Massachusetts. And they're able to get him that – solidifies the 2024 offensive line class. So you would have Gerby Lambert, Styles Prescott, Peter Jones, and Anthony Knott. That's pretty good for a first cycle, right? And you were able, if you're Coach Rudolph, to come in, build a relationship with, and land the top offensive lineman on their board in Gerby Lambert. Like, that was a big domino for this 2024 class. That would be a great telling step. But 2025 is really going to do it. Brian, I really wanted to hit on a few of the things because we're going to talk about a lot of offensive linemen, some different body types, different position flexibility, different guys that project to different spots. But I have learned over the last few weeks and couple months just talking to recruits and just eyeing players that Coach Rudolph has offered and what he's really looking for. I think we foundationally found what Joe Rudolph is valuing in an offensive lineman just in general. you know, And I think that this goes back to the – Wisconsin days. I think it goes back to even before that when he was at the University of Pittsburgh and he had guys like Brian O'Neill. I mean, he had some good offensive lines at Pittsburgh as well. We are foundationally, I think, beginning to understand what is he looking for in an offensive lineman. And we actually had Rowan Byrne on the show last week, who was a great offensive tackle that we actually talked about out of Iona Prep up in New York. And he talked a little bit about some of the foundational things that he looks for. And I think that this stuff is important. One... And this is when we're talking about 2025 class. If Notre Dame's able to land Kirby Lambert, 
we think the number right now is is probably four for 2025 as far as how many offensive linemen they take. But transfer portal and early declarations and numbers can change so quickly. A kid goes back to school. You don't expect to go back to school. Numbers change all the time. But as of right now, we think four is the number for the 2025 offensive line group. Some things that Coach Rudolph is really looking for. And I think that some of it's foundational and I think some of it's very unique. One, similar to what Coach Heastan liked, he likes offensive tackle body types. He likes length. He likes that, that long athletic frame that can develop. Two, position flexibility is a big thing for him. Rowan Byrne is a player that could potentially play right tackle on the college level, in my opinion. But Notre Dame likes him inside a guard and likes maybe even potentially playing center You know, down the line. He's a player that they say has four to five position flexibility. So based upon what he told me and just some other things I've heard, it sounds like to me, Brian, that like the the bulk of the recruiting class on a year-to-year basis for Coach Rudolph, if there's four offensive linemen in the class, three of them he's going to try to make true offensive tackles, guys that can project favorably to play offensive tackle. Then the last guy is going to be, if he is an interior player, he has to be a guy that can potentially project to three or more positions. Has to. He's not taking a center only. He's not taking a only a right guard. He is taking a guy that could potentially play right tackle, could play guard, could play center, could play both interior guard spots, could play center as well. He wants guys that have that position flexibility. And the third thing, which I thought was pretty unique, because I think we get this misconception of Wisconsin football over the last few years or under Coach Rudolph's time, that they're just these big lumbering offensive linemen that can't move. Well, one thing he told Rowan Bird, Brian, which I thought was really interesting, was I like you inside because you can move. Because I want to get guys to the perimeter. I want to pull them. I want to get to the second level. I want to run screens. So I thought it was really interesting. We're talking about offensive tackle body types. We're talking about position flexibility. And get rid of this notion that you could just hide an unathletic, strong offensive lineman inside. He wants foot quickness and athleticism on his offensive line. I'm okay with that. Um, I remember in the 80s and 90s when Nebraska was obviously a totally different program, and I'm being kind, um, they had a lot of linemen that got out in space. They obviously didn't throw it a lot, but when they ran a screen, if you were an inch out of place, their linemen were in the right spots, and it was a wall down the sideline, and it was six. Those kinds of plays. Wisconsin, without the option, has been Nebraska. They've just been power football so that's interesting. And when he was at Pittsburgh, still a lot of that. Now he's going to get, I mean, I'm not picking on Pittsburgh, but like Virginia Tech, they're not recruiting from the same shelf Notre Dame is for the most part at offensive line either. So you have to look at it from a little bit different perspective. And I also think that he's going to be able to get at minimum, I know he wants three a lot of the time, get at least two tackles in every class that he's happy with. Yeah. Even if you just got two and then the next year three – it'll work itself out because, again, he's, he's pulling from a higher level. So if he's getting the versatility he wants to, this will work out pretty well. Yeah, and I think most of the things are pretty similar to Coach Heastan. Like, he loved offensive offensive tackle body types. And another thing that I think is very important is I, I was wondering how big the board would be for Notre Dame as far as how many offensive linemen on the board because some guys – some programs run that differently a lot of coaches run that differently coach he stand kept a very small board brian he's like these are my guys that's it like those priorities right joe rudolph sounds like he has a similar terminology to that a similar vantage point to that he is only going to recruit guys 
that are priorities to him. Rowan Byrne talked about that a lot. If you are offered by the University of Notre Dame by Joe Rudolph, it means that he wants you, right? Like there's no guessing game as far as like, am I a take? Am I not a take? Like you're a take because you're a good football player and he wants you there. So that's kind of what we have learned. I think it's super interesting just to kind of, when we're talking about 2025 folks, because I know, I know, me, Brian, and Brian Driscoll, and most of the IB family, we're a little bit more nerds than than the average fan with this type of stuff. But I'm incredibly interested when we're talking about projecting what the 2025 offensive line group is going to look like. That we need to keep these things in mind, right? Body body flexibility, the ability to play inside, to play multiple spots, offensive tackle backgrounds. Those things are very important. And I know everyone loves to play this game of why doesn't Notre Dame look at X player and, and Z player that have not been offered. Just remember these things. All due respect to Sam Mustafer, who was a really good starting center at the University of Notre Dame. I'm not so sure he would be a guy that Joe Rudolph would really prioritize in a class just because he's 6'2". He's going to be a guy that needs to play strictly inside to be a successful football player. And that's not, nothing wrong with that. He ended up being a very good center, and he's playing the NFL for several years. So, like, good player, right? But I'm not sure that that would be him anymore. Does that make sense, Brian? Like, I'm not sure that would be a guy that he would really value heavily. Yeah, I would say that Rudolph has a very broad sense of what he wants in an offensive lineman, and he wants parts that can move around. And I'm sure part of that is injury. If your tackle goes down, it's not often you say, well, my guard's going to move out. But if your guard was recruited as a tackle – then it's okay. And usually tackle is the more athletic guy. I know Rudolph wants his guards to pull, but that's part of the reason he's trying to recruit so many tackles. So it's a different philosophy than what some other guys might have. But if it's worked for him for this long, why would he, why would he jump ship? So I'm glad that he's looking at it that way. He stand, except for a few guys, to be honest. And I know you mentioned this, try to think like, who was the guys that, okay, Mustafers and that, Anybody like who else in the last five years they recruited pure inside that's been a dude? Not many, not many, not many. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, tackle, 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 guard. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, the only guys I can think of, Brian, I mean, because they ended like Tristan Hodge didn't even play at Notre Dame, he ended up transferred to BYU, but like he was a center, right? Like, he was a pure center that was just he was going to be an interior offensive lineman, like, there was no doubt about it. So, yeah, I mean, you make a point, even. Tommy Kramer ended up being a, a nice starting guard over day, but even he started at offensive oh, tackle his retro right, freshman right. year. So to your point, yes. So I think that there are a lot of things that are going to stay consistent to Coach Heastan's ideology with a couple different things that will be kind of sprinkled in. So keep that in mind as you start to work through this 2024 – I'm sorry, 2025 offensive line board. So I wanted to, Brian, I wanted to keep this into a little bit of segments. I wanted to talk about guys that I think Notre Dame is in – the best place with today, guys that I feel best about. And then we'll kind of work it down to guys that they are in the game for, absolutely. And then work it down a little bit further to the the recruits are saying the right things, but I need to see them visit campus. I need to see a little bit more action, obviously, to really feel great about it. So I want to start with an offensive tackle that Notre Dame, uh, that Notre Dame fans, I think, know about very much because he has visited now. Sorry, he is going to be visiting his third time this offseason, July 30th, for the recruiting cookout. And people that don't have that list, you can go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. We have a visitor list up there. It's like 20 deep in the 2025 class. Like it is an impressive 
impressive, impressive list. And we're, a couple offensive linemen that we're talking about today are going to be on campus, including Owen Strebig, who's out of Catholic Memorial. And I saw someone just said audio is choppy. Is it choppy when I'm speaking or Brian speaks? If someone could just put that in the chat, I'd very much appreciate it because we'll be able to fix that on, on either one of our ends. I'm not sure who it is. So Owen Strebig, offensive tackle out of Catholic Memorial in the state of Wisconsin, six foot eight listed, 290 pounds. As again, guys, we're talking about kids that just finished up their sophomore year. So sophomore year going into junior year of the season. And this young man now will be on campus three times, Brian, this offseason. When we talk about, all right, and I will fix that in a second as soon as um, as soon as Brian begins to speak. Sorry, folks. So, Brian, I wanted to talk about this young man because three times to campus this offseason, it obviously is very telling. Owen Streetbig likes Notre Dame. We'll talk about the timeline for him, just some of the latest stuff, but he's going to be on campus July 30th. And this is a really talented player who, if people – Remember Catholic Memorial in the state of Wisconsin. They'll remember in the 2024 class, Notre Dame was very high on their running back, Corey Smith, for a while. Obviously, he ends up uh, committing to the University of Penn, uh, Penn State. Excuse me. So they weren't able to get him. But Notre Dame feels good about where they are. And I think that, I mean, three times one offseason, Brian. We always talk about, like, show me the action, right? The action says that he is obviously very highly interested in University of Notre Dame. Yeah, if, if you're a three-time visiting a school in, say, four to six months, uh, the actions speak louder than anything else. And quite frankly, I would say it's a situation where that school, and in this case, Notre Dame, isn't a good spot. Um, also of note, and I, I don't understand why this is, Wisconsin's recruiting O-line pretty well, but it's pretty much all out of state. Used to be they got everybody in state. I don't know what's going on there. They've had a a mass exodus in that state, Uh, Penn State, even Minnesota came in and got a kid. So it's a little easier now. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously, uh, Billy Schroth came in and got him. Um, That state is not like it used to be. And I'm not really sure why, but that makes me feel a little better because that is one state for it didn't matter who it was for the longest time. If Wisconsin wanted the kid, it was over. They're going to get him. Especially, yeah, right. Especially offensive. I mean, like, and I wouldn't even fault it. Name a school that you could say has been more consistent with O-line than the Badgers in the last 25 years. You could make an argument they've been as good, if not better, than anyone. They're at least in the discussion. So it, this kid, though, he can play left tackle or he can play right tackle. His length is ridiculous. The only thing I'm really curious about, like anything else, he's got two years of high school left. And he's already among us. Like, how big is he going to get? And which side does he fit better? That that I don't know yet. Right. Yeah. And I'm excited to watch the film on Owen Streaming. And if people could just put in the chat if my audio sounds a little bit better. Hopefully it's a little bit better, folks. Sorry again. I think it's a little bit of the – I don't think it's the microphone. I think it's the Wi-Fi because I had a little bit of internet issues coming into today's show, as you saw if you were with us at the beginning of the show. But I agree with you, man. I think that – I think that it's going to be very interesting because we don't talk about many sophomores that are six, eight, 300, uh, you know, 290 pounds. You know, there's some people that listen only at six, seven, fine, six, seven or six, eight. You're still really dad tall for your age. Like you're a really big kid. And to your point, Brian, Billy Strouth grade was an interesting one. Joe Brunner ends up staying at Wisconsin. He was another big in-state kid that year, but Carson Hinsman, who's expected to be the starting center at Ohio state this year was the other guy that got out of state and, we, we, we have said, and and Owen has said, 
Wisconsin's in uh, like high on his list, right? So this isn't like a runaway. It's just Notre Dame. But if you ask me today, how do I feel about Owen Strebig and Notre Dame's chances? I feel really good about him, man. I feel really good. Because one, he has, he has just, excuse me, he has consistently, consistently just been so adamant about his feelings about Joe Rudolph. He loves Coach Rudolph. He loves it. And I think that his Wisconsin roots are a big help to him. I think that that is, I think he's oh. a guy that, He's known for a little while, right? Like he knows who Joe Rudolph is. He's talked about his ability to just be able to talk ball with him, sit down, watch some film together. That's great stuff. And again, the proof is in the pudding. I think that he's been to Notre Dame more times this offseason that he, he's been to the University of Wisconsin. And he's a Wisconsin kid. Like That's that is wild. a very telling thing, like isn't it? So wow. being able to get him back on campus, he's a kid that is saying that I'm not going to – I'm not going to force this process. I'm not going to, you know, just make a rash decision. So in theory, as we stand today, Owen Strebig is not expected to make a decision anytime over the next couple months. But if the, if the visit goes great on the 30th, I think that those things could always get escalated a little bit, right? Like, because at some point, you know, that this for offensive linemen too. Offensive linemen typically don't love the recruiting process. They just kind of want to find their yeah. fits and they just want to kind of keep it moving, man. Like Charles Jagasaw in the 2023 class from Notre Dame was the perfect example, Brian. I remember him. It was like, when's he going to commit? When he's going to commit? It's just like Charles wasn't doing it just because he wanted to see the recruiting process. He, him and his mom just wanted to see all these schools and hear what they had to say to him and just finish off the process that way. There's a lot of kids in this class that feel the same. And Owen Strebig does feel that way to me as far as if he knows, I think he'll make a decision. So nothing is imminent there, but you have to feel good about where you are. If you're Notre Dame with Owen Strebig, as well as another guy we've had on the podcast, Rowan Byrne, Iona prep in New, New, New York. Brian, I don't know what they're feeding these kids, man. Everybody on this list is like 6'6 six, six plus, 290 plus pounds. It's absolutely insane. Again, we're talking about kids that just finished a sophomore year of high school. This kid's a mauler, man. Cool note on him. He camped at Notre Dame and spent a couple of days this offseason at Notre Dame, and he earned his Ross. He earned his scholarship offer. But based upon how he performed at the camp, he got to work with Coach Rudolph. He got to work with some of the the GAs that are, you know, specializing in the offensive line side of things. And he got his opportunity to get a scholarship from the University of Notre Dame. Originally, what was going to happen was, as far as timelines concerned, he was going to visit the University of Michigan the end of the, of the month. He was going to visit Texas A&M. And then he was going to go to the Notre Dame-Ohio State game, the Wisconsin-Ohio State game in the season. That was going to be his visits. What happens is he canceled his Texas A&M visit at the end of the month because of just money-wise, it just didn't make much sense. And honestly, he wasn't very high on Texas A&M. He just kind of wanted to have that experience. He'd never seen an SEC school. He just kind of wanted to go down south. Like, he had never done that before. But he has told me, and he said it right on our podcast, three top schools for him, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Michigan. Those are the three schools. He's going to see Notre Dame on the 30th going to end up coming for the barbecue, the, the cookout. Sorry, every time I say barbecue, people are like, oh, they cooking brisket or they just doing hamburgers and hot dogs. I'm like, sorry, folks. I think they're just doing hamburgers and hot dogs most likely. My apologies. But 
he's going to visit the end of the month, Brian, and then he'll be back for the Notre Dame Ohio State game, which obviously will be big. This is another one. He does, he told me that he does not want to make a decision until next offseason. So we'll see if it happens or if it gets moved up, all that great stuff. But another kid Notre Dame has to feel really good about today. I would say Notre Dame is the leader. I would say at first they're number two, but I really think that they are the leader. But they are battling with some of the premier programs as far as offensive line developments, right? Like you mentioned Wisconsin, and you go back to the Joe Thomas and Kevin Zeitler and all those cats, and even more recently, the Logan Brusses of the world. And they've, you know, they they've put out some really good offensive linemen, Peter Kahn's, and, and there's been a lot of them. And then University of Michigan, back-to-back Joe Moore award-winning offensive lines, obviously under Coach Sharon Moore. They're going to have to battle one of, a couple of the big dogs, Brian, which makes it fun for me, man. I love that, that an offensive lineman looks at three of the best offensive line producers and says, that's the three schools that I want to go to. And Notre Dame has to beat out Michigan and Wisconsin. I think they can. But, of course, it's going to be a battle, to say the least. Well, he, he's a Notre Dame fan. That helps. He's been to the camp. So he knows what the head coach is like. He knows what the offensive line and the, and the coordinators like, et cetera. I'm more curious now to see what he has to say about Wisconsin and Michigan. Um, I, I don't know how much he's interacted with them or how hard they prioritized him, but I think it's going to be pretty hard to overcome Notre Dame. Michigan scares me more than Wisconsin because, I mean, they were just in the playoffs like three years in a row. That, at the end, if it's not those two schools, I would be surprised just based on – tradition and all that but Wisconsin's weird to project like I said they, they struggle yes. more in-state right now than they do out of state I don't know how to grade that I've never seen that before with Wisconsin Brian you know you know, you know what else is kind of weird too is that Wisconsin now because obviously Luke Fickle comes in right who I think is a really good coach so I think he's going to do a good job at Wisconsin but they are completely changing foundationally how they run an oh, offense I mean, it used to be that's a 180 brother Yes, punch you in the <laughs> mouth, get downhill, run the football. Now they're going to the air raid. So that's going to be – I think uh, it might take a year or so. It, it could go bad early. I honestly believe it. Yeah. They don't have the players outside to do I don't that. Think so either. And I'm and not I, trying I wonder, to be I mean, Yeah, I mean, I wonder honestly because, I mean, I, I'm really curious to see how offensive linemen, how they – what their viewpoint of it is, because I think the big selling point to Wisconsin for so long is that what do offensive linemen like to do, Brian? Do they like to play in, in, in a in pass football. protection all the time, or do they like it after dudes, right? Like, I want to get after dudes and get downhill. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't know. Because, I mean, again, I've just talked about two kids in a row, Owen Strebig and Rowan Byrne, that both do like Wisconsin. So, like, it's not like they're not getting any traction, but it's not like the – it's not like an easy sell as it once was to me as far as seeing foundationally what this offense looks like. Like we'll see, you know, I mean, it could be a finesse offense this year though. I'm not, I'm not sure. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. It's going to be weird for me to say air raid in Wisconsin in the same sense. So weird, I'm just stating that for the, for the record. <laughs> it's just not a normal deal, man. Um, it's, it's almost sacrilege. It's not. <laughs> It is. No, it really is, man. I, I, Brian, has there ever been, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last few years, but over the last few years, has there been a bigger 180 shift of a, pro, of a program foundationally, what they were successful with to now what they're going to do? Like, uh, man, I don't know. I'm not sure. 
We'll see, though. The only one I can think of is when Colorado started passing the football in the early 90s. But they had Cordell Stewart, yeah. so it worked out. Uh, right. I don't think Cordell Stewart's – I don't think he's in uh, Madison right now. So, Yeah. I, I was thinking of maybe when Paul Johnson went to Georgia Tech, I guess, uh, right? Like going to the triple option. Like, sure, I don't know if I you guess. Can, any any offensive line coach that even considered taking that next Georgia Tech job needed to have his head examined. He had no chance. No chance. Oh gosh, what a mess that situation was. Now <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll, we'll actually been a conversation is. for a different day, but yes, it's going to be interesting over the next couple of years because they went with their interim coach, right? Georgia Tech didn't they go with um? They sure did. Brent Key? Brent I think yeah. so. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see how that works out. I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, so we'll see what Wisconsin looks like, how how offensive linemen perceive University of Wisconsin, because to your point, they have been an O-line factory over the last 25 years. But foundationally, it's a changing process for what the offense is going to look like. But two of the top offensive linemen on the board for Notre Dame, Owen Strebick and Rowan Byrne, are heavily considering Wisconsin. So they are a threat for Notre Dame, and you need to obviously be able to counteract them. Moving on. To Greenwich, Connecticut, Brunswick School. A couple Connecticut kids have, have been offered by Notre Dame after their 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 um, after their performances at their evaluation camps this summer. This is Maddie Augustine, who, if Brunswick School sounds familiar to some, you're only hearing their name a lot because Notre Dame is also recruiting their safety Ethan Long in the 2025 class, who's a very talented player. Both of them will be on campus July 30th for the cookout as well. So both of the Brunswick school kids will be there 2025. Brian, this is like the traditional, this is kind of how I like to build an offensive line class of, look, I want a couple studs up top. I want guys that like, you know, are going to be guys as long as you develop properly. And then I'm okay taking a little bit of a swing at a player has developmental upside, but probably not a year one or maybe even year two contributor. Like he's going to need a little bit of maturing physically. And that's Matty Augustine for me. Again, I'm talking about a kid that's going to be a junior in high school. Maybe by the time he's a senior, he'll be 290 plus pounds. And this won't even be a talking point. But as of today, this young man is about six foot seven, 260 pounds today. Was at the evaluation camp. Notre Dame loved how he moved. They loved how he looked. They loved the frame, the ability to put on weight. But he's one of those guys that – and he's going to be back on campus July 30th, like I already said. So high interest in, in Notre Dame, obviously. And Notre Dame likes him as well. So for people that are going to ask, is he a take? Yes, he is a take. If he wants to come to Notre Dame, Notre Dame would take a commitment from Natty Augustine today by every indication. But this is one of those kids, Brian. I don't know how you feel about this, but being able to get a couple – really good football players up top, a couple of studs, a little bit more of known commodities, and recruiting a kid that, hey, maybe year one, year two isn't going to be the best, but by year three, year four, if they're developed properly, they be, could become a stud. It's just that their body needs to mature a little bit and catch up to some of the other guys. I don't have a problem with it all. Um, there's an offensive lineman that played in Philadelphia then played at Notre Dame, and then was drafted to the 49ers. It, similar kind of deal. He was a basketball Just got too. paid a lot of money this offseason. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, sometimes you can tell a little easier with some of the developmental guys and others. Like, 
I, I was ecstatic the other day. For whatever reason, Joe Alt followed me on Twitter after I followed him. He doesn't ever, he doesn't need to follow anybody. But like, he's my favorite guy in college he, football. He follows to watch. me too. He follows me too. There you go. So there the there you go. Here. Yep. <laughs> he is a kid that was what, 255, 260, something like that. After his, I mean, like, we thought zero shot. He was playing his first two years. And then he's starting, what, game seven or something like that? And I mean, it's, that is one of the most, if not the most, surprising starter I've ever seen. But he put on like 35 pounds in six months. So O-line is hard. It is really hard to evaluate. It, by the way, for those that don't know, his dad was a freaking dude in the NFL. Yes. Played in Iowa, played for the Chiefs forever, was two-time Pro Bowl. the Chiefs Hall of Fame. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he, a he was – so he had him to help. That matters. But, I mean, still, if you can get a kid like, oh, and I watched his film a bunch yesterday, as a high upside kid, and let's just say you get burned in streaming, okay. You know what I mean? I, right, right. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to sell me very hard. I just That can't be your top guy because if it's your top right. guy and you miss, then we're in trouble. Um, yes. I've been, I've been listening to a whole bunch of podcasts all over the network's about these previews and somebody will say, well, what's the biggest need? Every single guy says O-line is their biggest concern. Every single person. And it's O-line. And I've talked to some people that are scouts. College football is not very good right now at O-line. It's just not. I don't know. It's not. I don't know all the ins and outs. I'm not an O-line coach anyway, but like literally every podcast I listen to is O-line, O-line, O-line. And I'm like, man, that's not what you want to hear because it takes the longest to develop too. Like you can bring in a transfer receiver or a running back or something. Oh, line man, that's that's there's no shortcut there, brother. <laughs> that's rough. So that's why I always get nervous with O line recruiting. If you don't get four guys and a couple of them are pretty sure bets. hundred percent. And that, that's why that Joe Waltz, Blake Fisher class was so oh weird, God. Brian. Because to your point, it's like Guys aren't usually ready to play year one. Like, they're not. I mean, Blake Fisher was starting game man. one for the University of Notre Dame. <laughs> and Joe Walt started eight football games after being a 260-pound tight end in high school, like, to your point. So, yeah, I mean, that, but that's an anomaly, folks. Like, that does not happen very often. I mean, Zach Martin redshirted as a true freshman. You know, Quentin Nelson redshirted as a true freshman. Ronnie Stanley redshirted as a true freshman. Like, those Jeff guys, Hayden. Mike McGlinchey. Redshirted as a true freshman, like those, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen too often. Fortunately, Notre Dame had two in the same year, which is pretty wild to think about. In my lifetime, the only freshman that was really good is Ryan Harris. That like throughout this, yeah. uh, Justin Hall in the late eighties, early nineties, started a couple games and got hurt for Holt, but he was massive for his time. That's it. And then you get two in one year. What are the odds? Yeah. When we talk about early declarations for the NFL draft, we're not usually talking about third-year player offensive linemen go to the NFL. Like that doesn't happen no. too often. Like it just doesn't. I mean, I mean, it just it just doesn't. It really doesn't. I mean, even you think Quentin Nelson went back for his fourth year. I mean, and that kid was about as easy of an evaluation as you will ever see. It's like, yep, that kid's very good. Like it's yes. So, I mean, Ronnie Stanley went back for his fourth year. I mean, those things always happen. So, to your point, like, guys don't play a ton early. The, the trajectory is usually year two, year three, when their bodies truly develop. And I think that's what Matty Augustine is. Again, we'll watch the film on him later. 
it he's a good player, man. Like he's talented, but he's not there yet, obviously. And a lot of it is the Emil Wagner stuff, right? It's like Emil Wagner was incredibly talented. Will his body fill out properly? And those th- those concerns are always there because most of the time their bodies do fill out fine and they're good. But then other times they don't. I think of like Nicholas Petit Friere that played for Ohio State. I don't think his body filled out properly. I don't think it did. I think he put too much weight on his frame. And I think it kind of messed messed up his his athleticism a little bit. I think it zapped some of his athleticism. So that's the concerns you have with those kids that are a little bit of developmental players. Most of the time they work out. Sometimes they don't. That's just kind of why it's a conversation point for me. Brian, let's go to our last Connecticut guy who was another player who got offered at an evaluation camp this offseason. That is Will Black. I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce this high school entirely wrong, so my apologies. He's out of Wallingford, Connecticut, Shote Rosemary Hall. I know I'm pronouncing Shote. Is it, is it Shoddy? I don't know. Someone put it in the chat to correct me because I know I pronounced that terribly wrong. But another another guy, Brian, listed six foot seven, 295 pounds, massive, massive young man who uh, film is, is very interesting. I talked to him recently, Brian. We talked about some of the O-line factories up north. He mentioned an interesting one as his top two schools, Notre Dame, Penn State. Those are the two top schools for him for the Connecticut product. So Penn State has quietly done a really good job in recruiting in 2024. I feel like people aren't talking about that enough. James Franklin has done a tremendous job as a recruiter at Penn State. There's a lot of talent on the roster. I always joke about it. If James Franklin ever moves on or gets fired at some point in his career over the next few years, the next Penn State coach is going to walk into that job and be like, oh, my gosh, this is a landmine of talent that I just landed into here. But another team that Notre Dame is going to have to outlast, University of Penn State, who has had some good offensive linemen over the years at times. He has They have a really good one in Olu Fashana, who's projected to be a top-10 pick in the 2024 NFL draft. So Penn State, Brian, a team that is recruiting at a high level. Penn State's O-line coach is just a recruiter. I forget the guy's name, but he's active. Uh, Phil, Trout, Phil Troutwine used to play right. for Notre Dame. Uh, Penn right. State, excuse me. Yep. Yeah, they, they they hit Jersey, Maryland, Virginia hard, New York, et cetera, the same areas that Notre Dame does. Notre Dame, 35 years ago, this was the school they recruited against the most was Penn State. And it's kind of come back around as Notre Dame's done a better job out east. But this is, this is interesting because – if you talk about the O-line class overall, as you mentioned in the intro, it's good. It's insanely good in the Northeast, which I have no idea why, but it is. And again, if you can battle Penn State, maybe Michigan or Ohio State or something, that's one thing. It's much harder to go down south and battle Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, Alabama, dealing with a different culture and different weather and all that. So this is the easier road. In Penn State, I think, I mean, not only is that one kid – going to get drafted. They've got a couple other guys that have a chance to be NFL players too. It's going to be harder to beat Penn State now because they can say, look what we did with these kids. Notre Dame has been able to do that for a long time, but it's a new O-line coach. It's a new head coach, etc. I'm I'm curious to see how Notre Dame and Penn State are going to battle for kids. I'm interested too, especially on the offensive line, because you mentioned Trout Wine. I mean, he's a really good recruiter and People don't talk about this enough, but Penn State has one of the best offensive lines returning in the 2023 season. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I mentioned Olufashanu, Caden Wallace. You had uh, – what was the big-time recruit that they had that's playing guard now? His name is just absolutely escaping me. Tangwall. Landon Tangwall. Yep. Tangwall, who is a 
a really talented kid. I know he was injured a lot last year, but obviously very talented. I mean, former high four-star recruit. So I think that Penn State is going to have a very good offensive line in 2023. They're going to have a kid that's going to go in the top 10, more than likely, at offensive tackle. So they could start to really get some traction on the offensive line recruiting perspective because they've gotten some guys, obviously, but continue to that pipeline, I think, could be big for them. So a big could pursue with a player like Will Black out of the state of Connecticut. Again, Notre Dame, Penn State. I had it recently in an update with Will on the website at irishbreakdown.com. You should go listen, uh, read that article if you haven't already. He is a player that Notre Dame likes. He likes Notre Dame, obviously, as well. Top two school for him. He is not going to be visiting for the 30th, unfortunately, this, this month for the uh, cookout. But I expect him because I think he's most likely just kind of closing his visits down for the rest of the summer. I think he's just going to do game visits is kind of what it sounds like, you know, unless things change. So I think he's a kid that probably will be at a game for Notre Dame more than likely. I mean, I can't imagine that Ohio State game visitor list. That is going to be absolutely nutty. But that's Will Black, again, out of the state of Connecticut, 2025, 6'7", 295 pounds. That's kind of the top group right now as far as guys that we feel – Notre Dame has great traction with. Like, I think that out of that top group, you could convince me that three out of four, at least of those Notre Dame would get today. If those kids decide to make a college decision today. Now that's not how, obviously how that works, but I think that you feel really good about where you are with Owen Strebig, Rowan Byrne, Maddie Augustine, and Will Black. They are in a very good spot. I wanted to go next, Brian. We're actually just going to kind of put these three players into the same category a little bit. These are players that there's some traction with or they're or they're saying all the right things about Notre Dame, but I just need to see a little bit more to feel good about some of these kids. And we have a couple potentially elite players in this class. I want to start with a guy actually that I know you're a big fan of, and I want you to gush yes. over him a little bit because I know that you really like Avery Gatch, who is an offensive lineman out of Wiley E. Groves High School in Franklin, Michigan, who has been to the University of Notre Dame. He came to Notre Dame for the Blue and Gold game this spring. I actually saw him in person because he was doing his little uh, interviews with Tom Lemming there. And that kid is a big dude, man. 6'5", 290 pounds. No bad weight on him, though, man. He is just a massive, massive kid. And we were texting yesterday, and you told me, I like that kid out of Michigan, man. I like that kid. He has the power that you just think about when, when you think power football, running downhill, old school who holds football to a T. And he's also a kid that did well when he got out in space. He could find a way to move and change his direction quickly. Usually big heavy guys don't do that. But like you said, he doesn't have a sloppy body. He's a very athletic kid. I don't know if he's wrestled, track something, but he's he's conditioned a little better than most big offensive lineman that you find in the Midwest. I think he can play guard or tackle really doesn't matter. And he to use him as an example, um, maybe a better athlete, but Tommy Kramer type that like one-on-one on third and one, you could run behind Tommy and it's not much fun for the defensive lineman. He's like that, but I think he's a better athlete. So not, not quite as heavy, but some, some more kind of style. Yes, I agree. He is a, and we're going to watch film on him a little bit later. So this is a heavy-handed mauler is how I would frame yes. Avery Gatch. He is a yes. physical, yes. physical cat. And we talked about 
mostly offensive tackles in the first group, like Owen Strebig's an offensive tackle. Will Black's an offensive tackle. Rowan Byrne is a guy that is projected by Notre Dame to play inside at guard or center. So he's more the interior player that they like. Matty Augustine is definitely a tackle on the college level. Avery Gatch, for me, Brian, is the one guy that I say, that's a pure guard. Like, that is a kid that is going to be super physical. I think he can play center. Like, there's no reason to think that he can't. I think he can play right tackle if he wanted him to. But I watch him, and I'm like, that demeanor is at guard, right? Like, that's that's a guy that you want to just absolutely manhandle dudes at the point of attack. So, Notre Dame has some traction with Avery. But, again, he's in the state of Michigan. I know he's high on the Michigan schools in general, Michigan and Michigan State. Are you going to be able to get him on another visit? Are you going to be able to get him out of the state of Michigan? That's where my hesitation comes from, just a little bit. I think that he likes Notre Dame, enough to visit, obviously. Will they be able to get him for a second visit is my biggest question. If they do, then I sort of go like, oh, okay. Maybe there's a little more, more traction there than originally anticipated. No, the Ohio State yes. game for a kid like him, it's not that far away. I mean, I don't know exactly where Franklin, Michigan, I have no idea, but I mean, it's one state. If you can't get him down for that game, it's not a good sign. So that would yep. be the first indicator for me. And yes, there is a mailbag today. So someone put in the chat, MDs in the chat for any questions that you already have. I think 16 questions. But yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Brian. Is But I think that's one of the advantages of Notre Dame with the board right now. Is that to your point? There's not a lot of guys outside of the Midwest or Northeast that Notre Dame is really prioritizing to this point. So there's, I mean, we're talking about guys that are a, a rock throw away from South Bend, Indiana, that could easily make that trip. I mean, and most he's got actually all the guys that we've talked about so far have visited Notre Dame. So, like, yes, they're obviously a great, great step there. Guy. Actually, I want to couple these next two guys together, Brian, because I think that's the best way to do this. These guys that Notre Dame likes a lot, that pretty much all of college football likes a lot, but are be two of the most talented offensive linemen that I've seen in the last couple of years. People all want to start the conversation with David Sanders Jr. out of Providence Day in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I 100% get it. We'll watch film on David. He is Fantastic. The best offensive tackle in this class, in my opinion, would have been the best offensive tackle in the 2024 class if he was eligible to come out as a, as a sophomore in high school. Like, he's that good, folks. I really do believe that. He is a phenomenal football player. But I also want to add Josh Petty to this conversation, who's at a fellowship Christian school in Roswell, Georgia. Roswell sounds familiar it's because we already talked about Notre Dame got a commitment from Anthony Knapp in the 2024 class that is also out of Roswell, Georgia. Roswell High School in Georgia. So not the same high school, but the same city. So Josh Petty, Brian, David Sanders, this is where we kind of are with both guys. And I just want to talk about quickly about like just how special these kids are, in my opinion. David Sanders has said all the right things about Notre Dame when he's asked about them. Loves Notre Dame, wanted an offer from Notre Dame, wants to check out Notre Dame, all those great things, right? And it's awesome to hear. But he's never been to Notre Dame, and he's being recruited by everybody and their mother. Everybody. So it is not going to be an easy pull to get him out of the SCC, out of the Southeast, in my opinion. It's not going to be easy. He's a North Carolina kid, so like, it's not like he's heavy in the South, right? Like, you know, he could still move up to the Midwest and the Northeast and all that stuff. But the 
push for a guy like Sanders is going to be tremendous and a high level. So I said everything right about Notre Dame. I just want to see him get up to campus, get up to campus. And then maybe we start talking about this one more. Maybe we start the other guy, Josh Petty, who I just had a recruiting update a couple of days ago out of the state of Georgia. This is another young man where says all the right things about Georgia. I, I mean, about Georgia. He says the right things about Georgia as well. He says all the right things about the university of Notre Dame, which is fantastic. He says that he wants to visit Loves Joe Rudolph. He was raving about Joe Rudolph in the interview I did with him. I mean, he was bringing him up up prompted about, like, I think he's going to do tremendous there. I love Coach Rudolph. Love it. Love it. Love him. Love him. He's going to do a great job at Notre Dame. I was like, that's awesome, man. That's a great review for, for him. I was like, if I was Coach Rudolph, I'd be, like, writing that down as, like, as like oh, see what these guys say about me, right? Josh Petty, 6'5", 265 pounds. We'll watch film on him. I, again, I think David Sanders is the best offensive tackle class in this class, Brian. But I don't think Josh Petty's far behind, man. I think that kid is really, really good. He said that he is going to get up to Notre Dame, make that trip happen. Make that trip happen that I'm like, okay. Because he even listed some of the schools he likes, and there was only like four or five of them, I think five. And Notre Dame was included in that list, right? And, and so he mentioned like Oregon, a couple of SEC schools. He mentioned Notre Dame. He has a couple of trips already planned for summer, though, and obviously Notre Dame is not one of them as of right now. So get Josh Petty up to campus, we start talking about him more. Get David Sanders up to campus, we start talking about him more. But those players, in my opinion, are elite. Those are the types of kids that if Notre Dame is able to get David Sanders a five-star potential – I mean, he's the best player I've watched in the 2025 class so far, in my opinion – and Josh Petty, who's a top 20 player by, I think, two different platforms at this point. And again, he's a Georgia kid. So getting him out of Roswell, Georgia, all due respect, Anthony Knapp. It's a lot easier to get Anthony Knapp out of Georgia than it's going to be to get Josh Petty out of Georgia. Like, that's just kind of the reality that we live in. Those players are fantastic, though, Brian. Those are the cream of the crop in this class. But Notre Dame has made an impact with them. It's just about can we make a higher level impact? That's my biggest question. Well, if you don't get them on campus this fall, do you really have a chance? That's the first question I have. Um, I've met Sanders. I've met him at Under Armour, and he fits Notre Dame to a T. That's that's good. But, again, uh, does his mom have an interest in him leaving home? What, what other values does he have besides football? I mean, how much does he want academics and all that? All those things play into him making the trip north. Uh, maybe it's the USC game or something like that, but some of these kids – not just at O-line, but the 25 class in general, we need to see him make that trip up north. Historically, yes. the kids that visit unofficially and then take an official visit, the chances of landing goes up like three, four times. It's just been yeah. that way for as long as I remember. The kids that Notre Dame gets, especially away from home, that take one visit are very small. list, very small and very small. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's – Again, it was great to get a couple guys to take official visits last year. Like, I think Richard Young was one guy last year, right, that Notre Dame was able to convince to take an official visit. But to your point, Brian, it's like that was his only visit ever to Notre Dame. Like, multiple visits is usually the telltale sign that, like, there is legitimate interest here, right? And you have a legitimate chance at this player. So I agree. These kids are going into their junior year. Get a David Sanders. Get a Josh Petty up to campus. If you're able to do so, then we can start to talk about these guys. We can start to talk about them a little bit more. As of right now, I'm just like, they're unrealistic as of today. Could that change? Could change very quickly. 
If Notre Dame gets Josh Petty up to campus and he loves it, then let's have the conversation continuously. Like that's where it is. And he's not afraid to travel. He's taking trips out to Oregon this year, uh, this off season and Stanford as well as a place that he's going to go see. So he's not afraid to travel outside of the SEC domain, but still going to be a tough little grab for Notre Dame, but get him on a visit. We'll see what happens. So that's kind of the board for you all folks. Again, Talking about the groupings, feel good about where Notre Dame is with Owen Striebig out of Catholic Memorial in Wisconsin, Rowan Byrne out of Iona Prep in New York. We have Brunswick School offensive tackle Maddie Augustine out of Connecticut. We also had out of the state of Connecticut Will Black, talented six foot seven, two hundred ninety five pound offensive lineman. Feel good about where Notre Dame, good to very good with where they are with that group. And then you start to get into the Aver Gatches of the world out of Michigan. Josh Petty out of Fellowship Christian in Georgia, and David Sanders Jr. out of the state of North Carolina. Some fraction there, different levels with each of those three guys, but we just want to see more. Get them on campus, see if this is legitimate. That's the telltale sign that there is legitimate. I say it like this, Brian. I think there's a lot of kids that are intrigued by Notre Dame, but are you interested in Notre Dame? That's a very big different thing, right? There's intrigue coming into a vision usually. Like Micah Gilbert was a great one last year at North Carolina, right? That's committed to Notre Dame in 2024. I think he was very intrigued by Notre Dame. But then he got on campus and then he became interested in Notre Dame. Like that's a big, very different thing in my opinion. So that's the offensive line board, folks. We're going to jump at the film in a second. But that is going to do it for the 2025 offensive line board for the University of Notre Dame and players that you need to keep a close eye on.